Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. Welcome to another episode of Discover DLP with myself, Nick. And myself, Paul. And how the devil are you, sir? Not too bad, not too bad. Good, good. Um, We're recording this one at the week our kids have gone back to school, so obviously uh, we feel a bit bit more free. Yeah. Shackles are off, the the kids are back at school. Yep, and the month of trips... Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's a busy month. It's a, it's a really busy yeah. month. Um, did we talk about? Did we talk about your plans last episode? Yes, we did talk a, a little bit. I think we we mentioned some restaurants and and stuff like that. And we where can talk I was saying, yeah, we can talk a little bit actually on this about the because since we recorded that the digital guide's been released, so we now got the roots. Yeah. Stuff, so we can compare that a little bit to last year. To be yeah. honest, I'm just waiting for the dates for next year's one. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't selfish. in the guide. I, I don't... I'm pretty sure last year they didn't announce it until the actual race weekend. Yeah. I don't think it was yeah. in any of the stuff coming up to it, so... No, I think there was a leak, though, a couple... Maybe last week, and that okay. one of the the agents were already saying the dates. It's basically the same weekend again. Yeah. So, and it hasn't moved in the in the four years. It's always been the same weekend. So, yeah, yeah, and no, I think it's I can't see it moving at this point. No, it's it's a it's normally a, a pretty good weekend for the weather. Not yeah. perfect as we saw last year, but pretty dang good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this episode is an episode two halves because um, a little bit later on, uh, one of our listeners, Pete, has uh, has come on to be interviewed. We pre-recorded the interview. That's how we can talk about it in the past tense. Uh, because he recently went to the Jungle and Jive Festival. What is it called? No, it's not called Jungle and Jive, is it? It's called Festival of the Lion King and the Jungle. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so because you're going to see it just before or the last weekend of the operating season, um, yeah. We Pete came to us and said that he'd just been, and you know we've talked about it a little bit on here, but we haven't been able to go yet. So we thought, well, let's get him on. So uh, yeah. Pete was great. Uh, well, we hope he, he was great as well. But uh, he talked about the the festival itself, and also we talked a little bit about how, how he gets there and the, the kind of differences. So you know, I think it'll be interesting. So look out for that later on in the episode. Before that, we are going to talk a little bit about news because it's been a fair bit since we last got together. Um, yeah. Some stuff that's actually come out the day we were recording this as well, which is quite nice. Yeah. Rather than what normally happens is something gets announced just after we finish recording. So <laughs> yeah, it's good that we've got this now. Um, I'm going to start with not what we were talking about before we started recording 
that actually with a rumoured, almost confirmed uh, date for the reopening after a very long time, it seems, of the Disneyland Railroad. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be back uh, beginning of December, Mm. finally. I always seem to miss out whichever park I go to. (laughs) Very rare is it actually open. I can't remember the last time. I think the last time I went on it was 2013. I think it was 2013. I think it might have been Alice's first trip. We went on that. Um, I think that was the last time because it's either very busy or like you say, closed. Yeah. But it's been down for quite a long time. They didn't say how long it was for, did they? No. And it will be nearly 13 months by the time it reopens. Mm. It feels like longer than that. Yeah. But, there you go. Yeah, because so, I had it in my head that it wasn't open when we went last year, but it must have been, and I must have just missed it. I'm sh- no, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, maybe it was. Yeah. It was so busy. No, do you know what? Do you know what? I don't think it was, because I remember going to look at one of the stations. I went to look at the Fantasyland station because it was all blocked off. No, I remember exactly. It wasn't open. Yeah, I, was say, I didn't think it was open, so that kind of makes sense. Um, regardless, it's good that it's reopened, and hopefully, because it's been closed for such a long time now, that it won't be closing for the foreseeable future. I don't know exactly yeah. what they've been doing, but if it's been closed for that long, they must have been doing something quite extensive on it. Yeah, I wonder whether some of the track might have moved. Possibly. To make way for future attractions mm. I don't know I'm trying to think what might be affected I suppose that area around Indiana Jones possibly I think it's the other side I think it's that bit it's of land between yeah mm. where be. the rumour rumor of Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway is going uh, I wonder whether no I don't think it because isn't that supposed to take up where the the passport office is? That kind of... Well, the, there and fancy land. Well, I'd heard the rumour that it was that bit of land where, you know, where they fence off, where the parades come in. Mm. So there's that big, big like, pathway that you can take that's not always open mm. um, between fantasy land and, and discovery land next to uh, Small World. Oh yeah, no, I know the bit you're talking about because it's it's always quite quite a rare tr- uh, treat when you uh, get to get to Discovery Land that way because, like you say, yeah. it's not normally accessible. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's possible, I suppose. I'm, I've never really paid that much attention to how close the track is there to that whole area. Um, I yeah, think it's, it's fairly close. Track. Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They've not said, so we don't know, but we'll find out hopefully after the first December. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Some other bits that have been coming in the last few days as well is that they have for well, I, I don't know the reasons why. You probably <laughs> do have more of an idea. Is yeah. uh, is the fact that they've changed the menu 
or they've changed the food options in some of the restaurants. So uh, I've seen Cowboy Cookout and also over in the studios, the Blockbuster Cafe, have both the buffets. Yeah. Well, I'm not so sure about this one. I I haven't heard much. There's there's another restaurant-related thing that's that's popped up as well over the last couple of days. But, yeah, the the buffet thing, it seems like it's happened before. People were, were talking as if... It happened in some of the other restaurants that haven't. Last time, I believe Captain Jack's was affected, um, and that went to to a buffet previously. Um, I'm not sure why they decided to do this, whether it is just easier to mass-produce food when the the parks aren't as busy. I don't know, but it is a strange one. Um, Especially Cowboy Cookout is, is quite popular. Even at this time of the year, I know I've eaten in there a couple of times after race weekend. So that that does surprise me that they they've gone that way. Whereas some of the other restaurants aren't even open at this time of the year. No, no. So get, it is a bit of a strange one. Yeah, you do get a fair few that are closed for yeah. like no apparent reason. Um, e ninety two, who you should always follow on Twitter, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they they've said that this. That their guess here is that it normally happens when there are too many guests with meal vouchers. Mm. Suggesting uh, that, that might explain it. Yeah, suggesting that they obviously make more money, or sorry, save money by running buffets than they do actual standard menus. So yeah, that would make sense. It does, but I think that's if that is the reason. That's pretty poor. Yeah. Because, I mean, neither of those two locations, to be fair, are a gourmet food. No. Really. Captain Jack, I know this isn't affected this time around, but it was last time around. That is a bit more, uh, not special, what's the word I'm looking for? Off market. Yeah, that's it. Then, then the options you get there, you know, Cowboy Cookout is barbecue food uh, yeah. and, you know, just a few options. And Blockbuster Cafe is normally sandwiches. So, yeah. you know, they're normally quite casually kind of place to, to go. So I don't mind if it's in places where you're going to get better, possibly better food than you would do. I mean, I, th- I actually think the buffets are pretty good options anyway. Yeah. Um, they're buffet game's pretty strong so i don't mind it with those kind of locations but i think it's a bit of a, a cheek when they do it at somewhere that's a little bit more exclusive because you're not getting the same value for money there i don't think no Whilst no definitely they, not if they're changing those places to it then you're probably getting better use of the meal voucher than if you just used it in those locations in the first place so uh, uh, pros and cons i suppose is yeah. is what i'm getting at um, yeah, and also right. I've just seen. I hope it's not going to affect you, but um, Waltz is closing. Yeah, and and that was the the bit of bit of news that I had was was that Waltz is is closing um, as a immediate effect. Um, no reopening date at the moment, um, and has affected quite a lot of people that have booked it for for run weekend. I know quite a few of my friends have had to change their plans because of it. Mm. 
that is a little concerning, I yeah. think, because you don't just close a restaurant suddenly. No. So there's got to be, I don't know if it's structural or environmental, but it's got to I'm be led to believe it's environmental. Right. It isn't the first time. It's been closed before for the exact same reason. Um, and apparently it's not just that restaurant that's affected by the problem as well. Um, Auberge is apparently the same. Um, I'm led to believe there is a bit of a vermin problem in the parks. Of course there is. Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> They're really big ones. Yeah. Yeah. And Auberge, um, so that's the uh, reason. Susie and... Uh... Perla. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. New began with um, Yeah. So that's what I'm led to believe. That's the reason. That's that's very odd. Like to to close it with no return date. That's if it's if that's the reason why that doesn't add up to me. You no. know how long does it take to solve that problem? It can't take more than a week, surely, or even a couple of weeks. No. Like even if they said like a month to yeah. whatever provisions they need to to try and resolve that problem. But that's weird, and also unusual for that for me is the fact that that you know waltz is upstairs yeah do you know what i mean it's not like it's a ground floor restaurant where that would be more obvious to expect from it but then again i suppose if we learn anything from ratatouille the ride you can get anywhere yeah so yeah Mm, interesting i've still never eaten at waltz and it's not really given me the um the fuel to want to, to be honest. <laughs> no, and, and to be honest, it's it's not my my type of venue. I'm allowed to be quick and easy with my my food most of the time, and it's it, other than being able to watch the parade out of the window, it's never grabbed me in the way it does a lot of people. Mm. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people that that love eating there, but me it's never been it's certainly not on my bucket list yeah the menus never really um kind of sung out to me uh i could i could eat in there i'm not i'm not as fussy as i mean i know some people that are really really fussy um so would never consider it i there are things that i I could eat there less now obviously i'm veggie but there are still things but i've never been able to kind of justify the price of what's on offer yeah do you know what i mean like you know for for a little bit extra i can have a character meal yeah and exactly it won't be as good but the experience will be dining at waltz to me just seems a bit a bit of a status thing yeah uh and quite frankly the people that generally do go there that do it for those reasons are not my kind of people um We've got some more news about uh, going going over to the studios just briefly. Got some more news about Legends of the Force for next year. Yeah. To nobody's surprise, there's going to be a new Star Tours scene. Yeah. It'll be introduced during that season. Well, it says it'll be introduced during that season. I don't know if it might come out before because didn't the last scene when The Last Jedi came out, didn't that get put into the attraction 
pretty much straight away. Yeah, I think so. I think like the week and it makes the sense. Come out. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense to to throw it in to promote the film rather than three months afterwards. But other than that, it looks a little bit similar to what it was last year. Yeah. Um, Galactic Celebration, Imperial First Order Marches, uh, Legends of a Galaxy Far, Far Away, and Meeting Chewbacca will come back as well. So we've got dates for that now, length of Jan to the 15th of March. Yeah. So pretty much running along uh, the same time as uh, the new Frozen season. Yeah. Now, did yeah, I, I did Star Wars last year. Yes, you did. I yeah. quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, the the show on the uh, the uh, Tower of Terror looks really good. Yeah, uh, it's a it's not shape building, but I think they you you know I saw what they did with it at Christmas with Goofy. Um, you know, they they use the canvas as best they can. I think it works pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. More so than the Chinese theatre at Hollywood Studios. Yes. I think. I think they do a better job in Paris than they do They're over there for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, speaking of the Frozen season, have you seen this free night thing that they're doing in January? Fireworks yeah. over the lake? Yeah, on the lake that may not be anymore much longer. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll talk about that actually as well because we we said we were going to talk about off air. We said we were going to talk about and we haven't yet. Yeah. We'll do that. But I, I, my understanding is it's the lake in front of the Newport Bay, which is probably yeah. staying. It's the other bit of the lake behind um, the Rainforest Cafe that's probably going. Yeah. But I think that lake might be safe. But regardless of that. It seems odd that they're doing anything over that lake that time of year, let alone just yeah. three days during a fe- like in conjunction with a festival that's on much longer. Yeah. So, yeah. Any ideas on that? Only thing I can think of is this is their their tests for when they've they've got the new lake in in the studios. That's the only thing I could think of is that they they are literally testing it. But it's going to be ages, yeah, isn't it? Like that's that's now what at least three years away, I think. Yeah, at least, if not more. Yeah, just seems odd. I mean, like I've got, I believe you, (laughs) your thoughts of that, but it just seems weird that they're testing stuff out now for something so far away. But yeah, there you go. I suppose it's the best time of the year to do it as well because it gets dark earlier. They can they can do it early. Yeah, they can shoot them shoot them off in the late late afternoon, can't they? Early evening, rather than having to wait hours to be able to do it late at night and disturb everybody around them. I suppose it's it's a good time to do it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, speaking of uh, testing things, it's, it's an awful segue because it's got nothing to do with that at all, actually. But uh, <laughs> I think you know we we can now talk about the fact that Rock and Roller Coaster has closed. Yeah, and it's that gone. whole section of the park now is a bit of a mess. 
yeah, very much so. The the walls around Spider Man are way out. Um, literally, probably only room for two or three people to pass through alongside each other now. Um, and then obviously, as you get down to the far end, we already talked about Blockbuster Cafe. That's literally the only thing that's open at at that end of the park now. Well, they've taken away the umbrella as well, haven't they? Yeah, that was one of the first things to go. That went before Rock and Roller Coaster had even closed. Yeah, I was surprised um, because I didn't think they were... I I didn't realise it would be completely closed off there. I mean, I I think it's only a matter of time before Blockbuster Cafe closes, to be honest. Yeah, I believe it is going to go down at some point. Um, Just for some refurb to start with before they go into full demolition mode. It'll be interesting to see if they move it because I think it'd be a shame if they did kind of keep that away, that umbrella. Yeah. Because it's like, it can't cost that much to run. No. And it's just something a bit iconic. I think, you know, it was, it was kind of placed in the middle of nowhere, really. Like it didn't necessarily make utter sense where it was, but it was just a nice little photo op. Yeah. And it will be a shame if we never see it again. The fact that they just moved, well, sorry, took it away without saying anything suggest, suggests to me it's not gone forever because I think there was yeah. more if it was, but the fact that they have now moved it and not said anything about its future is also a little bit concerning. Yeah. yeah it is. It's always, it both that version of it and the one in Hollywood studios were always kind of iconic things that people always mentioned. Mm. So it would be, would be a real, Real shame if they, they get rid of it permanently. But that area now is just walls, like you say. Yeah. Um, big, big walls. And the the maps now have um, a big A. Yeah. Well, not just any A. No. Just A. Yeah. Finally, we're, we're getting there. Slowly but surely. Slowly. Yeah. Surely, the the building for Spider Man has has shot up. It's they're starting to to do stuff now over there, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I it's the change that that park needed, and don't necessarily agree that Rock and Roller Coaster needed to go. Uh, it just happened to be that it was in the part of the park that could do with more upgrades than the rest of the park. So didn't really have much of a choice no no it's true and one thing we we didn't talk about so when we were talking about the the seasons earlier so the the fireworks are the 24th 27th i think and 29th of january but yeah the season itself starts on the 11th of of january so that's the same time as marvel uh, sorry as star wars um but it goes on to the third of may yeah. That's a long season. Yeah. I think that's going to be the longest season. Yeah. Yeah. It, that must be. That's nearly half a year. It's got to be the, the longest one. Yeah. Because Avengers isn't, the Marvel one isn't that long. They're normally 12 weeks. Yeah. And The Lion King definitely hasn't been 
that long this year. So no. yeah, it's got to be it's got to be the longest one they've they've introduced. It's interesting oh, yeah. that they're plugging so much into into Frozen. They must be expecting this to be massive box office hit, which it will be. But it makes me think that they are putting a lot into everything surrounding it. I suppose they have to, in a way, more than probably any other park, because yeah. it's going to have its own expansion. Yeah. So I get it. It's just It just seems like an awful long time for a season. Um, yeah. I mean, it will overlap with Marvel. They haven't said when Marvel's going to start. Last year it started just after Star Wars, but they've not confirmed the dates for next year yet. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that does overlap. And I wonder if it start if it goes on till May, when they're going to start The Lion King. Yeah. Because that obviously started a little bit, you know, it starts in June. But, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be much. And then they're going to have Halloween. So the thing is, mm-hmm. like, that Lion, the Lion King Festival... I, I can't see how it can run past the end of September. It really can't. Because of Halloween. And yeah. Christmas. So, yeah, just taking up a lot of time. I didn't I didn't realise. I don't think I'd paid attention to the dates when they, they first announced no. it, if I'm honest. Because I'm not that fast. No. I'm looking for... Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to the new art of animation stuff. They're putting in there. It, mm. it was time for its its upgrade, and yeah, I'll enjoy that. But I don't feel it has enough backup to Frozen to warrant a whole season based on just that. No, no. I agree. Whereas stuff like Star Wars and Marvel, and and to an extent, Lion King doesn't have as much, but they then threw in the Jungle Book alongside it, so. It's not just reliant on Lion King. And Lion King has two movies to, to come off of, TV series. I know they, they weren't great, but sequels and, and stuff like that that we've we've already got, there, yeah. there was at least more to it than there is Frozen, which has got one film and two shorts at the moment. Yeah. And I know there is a sequel coming, but again, is that enough to warrant a whole season being based on it? when they could have just stuck with Princesses and Pirates and included it as part of it. I, I'm, I wasn't a fan of that season. No. Sorry, I know people listening to this will will be uh, throwing stuff at their... Well, hopefully not their ears, because that might hurt you. But, yeah, they might not like to hear that. But, yeah, I'm not... Uh, I, I wasn't a fan. I didn't really get it. I'm glad I went to Soiree, but I I didn't really get it. And so them announcing it wasn't coming back didn't impact me that much. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I I kind of see it a little bit, but even so, I think, uh, yeah, I hope it takes off. Yeah. I hope it takes and off. we all know that they're, they're doing these seasons based on future lands. Has been proven the only one so far that isn't is Lion King. So I wonder how long that announcement is until we get a Lion King expansion. Of what though? 
know. They'll find a way. <laughs> Life finds a way. Um, yeah. I, I don't really know what to add to that. Um, <laughs> rock and roller coaster. We went. Did you not think it was odd? I mean, I, apparently I read that they they had some budget cuts. And yeah, they, they did actually apparently. make... Yeah, they made a kind of statement regarding it because someone asked why they'd managed to be able to do a, a closing event for Armageddon but not for Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, and the entertainment reply was, we had something planned up until about three weeks ago and then they cut our budget. So we had to cancel it. Just so weird, isn't it? Yeah. And also, uh, we got future announcements, this is. Uh, Mickey the Magician, because we know it's closing at the end of September, um, is going to be on from the 1st of February 2020, but only running until uh, the beginning of September. Yeah. 6th of September, to be exact. So that that why why they cut it down by almost a month? No idea. Again, they can't blame this on on rights in France because if they're doing it this year, then why aren't they doing it next year? It is generally got to be budget cuts. Yeah, uh, I don't get it. No, and it, it, it's got to be a worry with these expansions that something is going to give at some point. And and Paris is going to lose out on one of these expansions, or it's going to be shrunk down. We're already hearing rumours that the Star Wars land isn't going to be the Star Wars land from the states, which I've got no problems with. But when they then tell you that you're only going to get one attraction, that's when I get annoyed. Mm. I mean, I I personally need to rethink that anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't the, the the right podcast to talk about it, but we are going to Galaxy's Edge in weeks, and we're both yeah. very excited to actually see it. Three and a half weeks, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you have to question the logic between making three identical lands, yeah, like set on the same planet. When when Star Wars is famous for you know having all of these planets featured in the films. Yeah, you know, uh, there's been a rumor recently about Tatooine being used yeah. in Paris, which would be great, but it would also mean that uh, that would, ch- you know, what what was kind of already planned will be changed. But I don't see that as being a bad thing. Um, no, I don't either. I think that's really kind of what we need, if anything. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush. I've said that I felt. Imagineering and everybody in regards to the these new expansions have kind of either got lazy or haven't been given the money mm. to not be lazy because I felt with these new lands that they should have been different. There is so much that they could do with Star Wars, with Marvel. I'm I'm not particularly happy that we seem to be getting the same thing. Um as, as Disneyland, whereas Hong Kong have got two different rides. Yes, they're rethemed rides that were already there, but they're still different. Whereas we're getting two attractions that are exactly the same as 
as Disneyland, one rethemed coaster, and the same restaurant as Disneyland. Mm. There is so much scope with these characters. Why aren't we seeing something based on Black Panther? Why aren't we seeing just anybody that they've introduced? Why, why aren't we getting a Guardians of the Galaxy ride here, whereas Disney, Disney World are? That's, that's great that they're getting something different, but there's so much that they've introduced over these, these 10 years mm. that why are they having to replicate the same ride and same attraction? Where's Thor in all of this? No Thor attractions, no Hulk attractions. I know Hulk's already been used at Universal, but this is a, they're still using Spider-Man, despite the fact that he's at Universal. What, why aren't they using them? Instead, they're just giving us carbon copies. Yep. So, we'll see. We'll see when it actually comes to it, whether we get what they've told us we're getting or whether it's something budget cut or something different. You never know. I, I have to be honest, I'm more excited for seeing what we get frozen-wise than I am really? getting duplicated, yeah. Hmm. Just because I think there'll be something different that we haven't seen. Whereas the others at the moment, the way it's been set out, and if we do get tattooed and something different, then I'll, I'll be happy. But at the moment, if we're getting carbon copies, then I'm kind of like, meh. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just worried that we are, with Frozen, going to get what they're doing in Hong Kong or something. Which I I wouldn't mind, because how many of us are actually going to get out to Hong Kong or Tokyo or Shanghai? Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I agree with you there that I don't mind if, you know, it's, it's a bit like the, um, the Pirates ride in Shanghai. I would love one of the other parts... Um, you know, either here or one of the American parts to, to get that. Because yeah. as much as I'd like to, I can't see my myself going to Shanghai. Um, no. Definitely not Hong Kong. There's just nothing no. makes me want to go to Hong Kong. Shanghai there is, but there's nothing at Hong Kong. Um, so I, I don't mind. Yeah, I'd be quite happy if those kind of attractions that were exclusive there came elsewhere but when you're looking at especially disney world because most people will especially in europe will either be going to disneyland paris or disney world yeah disneyland so yeah that's where things need to change really i think yeah and we should say there's plenty more room for expansion at disneyland paris so we may we may get something completely different Mm. uh, at some junction but at the moment, it it just seems like we're we're either getting carbon copies or or cut back copies. So let's see, let's let's see how the Iron Man coaster comes across in the end. Yeah, I can't, I can't knock that. I like I like rock and roller coaster. So the fact that they're using the same ride system makes me happy. And and let's see how the theming goes, whether that's that's full on or whether that's that's cut back as well. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's reasonable. Um, just a quick 
update for those going to the Halloween parties on the 26th and the 31st, it has now been confirmed completely that Oogie Boogie will be in attendance. Yeah. For meet and greet purposes. I'm already planning not to meet him. Uh, he's on my look you know i'm not hugely into characters he's one i would be desperate to meet but i imagine trying to get a picture with him that night is going to be hell on earth yeah i've already kind of written it off uh you know if it's not he's not too busy i absolutely will wait but my daughter's going my wife so you know they're not going to want to stand for hours to meet a character. Also, as well, I think my daughter would be horrified by him. Yeah, it's like, pretty freaky. Yeah, she doesn't. She likes the film, but she doesn't like him, and she doesn't like Lock, Shock, and Barrel either. So, yeah, and she's going to be wearing an, a uh, a sunny dress as well. She doesn't know that yet because she doesn't know she's going. <laughs> she um, so it made a really nice photo op, but. Yeah, I just I just can't see it happening, unfortunately. But uh, I'm excited to at least walk past him. Yeah. Uh, while there's a massive queue. And also, they've announced DJ sets. Yeah. For both nights. Um, I don't know who either the DJs are. Like, I've, I've looked at their names. Um, I've got no idea who they are. I've never heard of them. So um, that's it. <laughs> if you want to find out who they are, look it up. But honestly, if I've not heard, well, if I've not heard of them, they can't be that famous. Of course they could be, but they are not big name DJs. No. You know, I've seen Calvin Harris DJ in Vegas. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> now, the last thing that I think we we need to address on this episode is the village. Yeah. The Disney village because there's been a lot of talk recently about changes happening and i'm pretty pretty sure and you have to forgive me for this because i do record about ten thousand podcasts a month um i'm pretty sure we did talk about the fact that the hard rock cafe had a uh, kind of pop-up shop appear in a village recently yeah because we couldn't really... Yeah, I'm sure we talked about it last time, yeah. Yeah, we, we couldn't... I mean, we can kind of guess why, but it just seemed like an odd thing to pop up there. Yeah. Um, and then there was some rumours going around of the uh, the Rainforest Cafe going. Yeah. As well. And then there was a map that came out showing all of the the area and what they thought would be the the plans going forward for uh, the village. And as Paul said, it's, you know, we talked about the lake. And from what we can kind of work out, what I think they're trying to do is fill in that lake, that small part of the lake behind the Rainforest Cafe, so that you can walk the entire way around the village. Yeah, I mean you can do that anyway, but it just it just makes it a bit easier, doesn't it? It's not yeah. a bit disjointed at the moment how it's set out. Yeah, and especially how they've been trying to expand on the 
the far side of the village. So obviously everyone knows the main bit where you've got your Lego shop, your McDonald's, your Starbucks, your early sandwich, your cafe, Mickey, and all the shops. But the other side of that, like the other side of the world of Disney store, there's a lot of things down there as well, including a five guys yeah. and Vapianos. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that they're there, even though they've been yeah. open. What about three years? They they would have started opening them around the time of the twenty fifth, if yeah. I remember rightly. Yeah. So. So yeah. I mean, it's coming up three years. I told my wife about uh, about both of them, and she couldn't find it. She couldn't. She wanted to go. She was going to go to Fire Guys. She couldn't find it. And you know, when I've gone in there, I mean, people do know they're there. They are. They get quite busy at times and we found that race weekend the hard way didn't we yeah um, but they are still quite out the way and you could do a lot in the area as well i think you could you could add more things there um so yeah i wanted to just kind of like get your thoughts on it really yeah i i think the the, the expansion i think anything to do with the village now it'll be shame to lose some of the the shops and the restaurants if they're there to go i still prefer the disney store over the world of disney i still yeah. think that's an easier shop to, to shop in um so i'll be ashamed to see that go rainforest cafe i've never been in um we did consider it when i went in march but we decided on cafe mickey instead um not a big loss i'm sure i'm more likely to eat in the ones in orlando than i am in the one in paris um, and yeah, nothing, nothing major. I wouldn't be sad to see anything else really go. Planet Hollywood definitely needs a an upgrade. Um, well, I think from what I could, well, what what the, and it was it was someone's impression of the map. Like it wasn't like none of this was guaranteed. This is all speculation. Yeah. But the. Smart money at the moment is on the Rainforest Cafe closing and turning into a Hard Rock Cafe, which would make sense because you know it's it's a fairly big building anyway. And if Rainforest is going, you're going to want to put an anchor in there. Um, Also, rumours again about the future of uh, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and also about Cafe Mickey. Now, I think, looking at it, Cafe Mickey is probably too small a building for a, a hard rock. I would imagine so. I don't think that's tall enough, despite the fact that it's got two levels on it. They're not big levels, though. No, they're not. Uh, but you look at places like Rainforest, who have only got one level, yet that building goes way higher mm. than, than Cafe Mickey. You've got to remember that Cafe Mickey's got that bit on the front. Cafe Mickey's also got a hell of a lot of windows. Where are you going to yeah. stick your merchandise? Uh, not your merchandise, your memorabilia. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's, that's more like a greenhouse than than anything on the front <laughs> of that. So it's it's really not that big at all. No. So I think the smart money would be on uh, Rainforest Cafe going for a Hard Rock Cafe, which I don't think is a bad yeah. idea. I th- personally. I'm not a huge fan of the rainforest concepts. I think they look quite dated inside. All of them look the same. 
Yeah. They all always look like they need a, a fresh lick of paint and some new animatronics. It's a it's a clever concept, but it's not one that I feel deserves repeat visits. Which is odd because you know I love Planet Hollywood, and you could argue the same there. You know how many times you see the same yeah. bits of uh, memorabilia, but I don't know. There's just a different vibe in there, and I also think as well because of the nature of it, like it's so dark in a rainforest cafe. Don't yeah. like it either, um, and the food's very overpriced. All it, what it is, I think, you know, Hard Rock's not cheap, but I think no. the food is better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I think that's what we're gonna get there. I don't know what you could see at Cafe Mickey. I, I if I, I think they could probably turn it into a shop. If I'm honest. Yeah, I I wonder because there were rumours that we were possibly going to get something similar to Jock Lindsay's at some point. And I, I, I wonder whether they might use that. It would be appreciated. Um, yeah. I was thinking that, like the, the size of the building and that, you could probably build a Coke store there. Yeah. Because, you know, they are always quite popular. Obviously, Disney World, uh, the Disney Springs one in Disney World is... Um, you know, is very popular. That's in a new building now. Uh, Planet Hollywoods looks like it might stay, but if it does, it will probably be updated. Yeah. To fit in with the rest of the the restaurants now, because I I don't know if any of them still have the original thing. I think all no. of them now have been modernised, but Paris still looks like the one in London from nineteen ninety one. I'd take something similar to Disney Springs. The uh, observatory. Yeah. Well, like planetarium, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I'd definitely take something similar to that. Yeah. If they felt like it. Yeah. I don't mind. I like Planet Hollywood as a concept, but the last few times I've been, the food has been very poor. So, yeah, a fresh lick of paint and um, a revision of the food would be would be welcome. Um, but, you know, Buffalo Bills, that's a big building to fill. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, that would be a struggle. Hmm. I'd like to see like another show in there or something. I think you need something like that in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to. I think Disney Springs has obviously been lacking certain display in recent months. Yeah, well, recent years. It's been almost... Uh, two years since it closed yeah it was just finishing up its run when i was there last time like i think it closed in the, in the december of that year so it's almost two years since it closed um yeah. and yeah now they're working with certain slade to build a a disney themed show it would make sense to put that there as well yeah personally i think just better direction of the village itself i think if they actually make it so you can actually walk around both sides and actually flow into it really easy rather than what you've got to do now. Um, I, I think that would be a big improvement and yeah, some, some new stores wouldn't go amiss. Yeah. And just a bit of a cohesive theme as well. Mm. I think we'll, we'll make a massive difference. Obviously the, the building where world of Disney is, is fantastic. And if they could, could keep that going throughout the whole village, would be 
would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Right. That's far too much news for one episode, but it's done now. Um, So we are now going to play our interview with Pete and, uh, you know, you'll be able to get to hear about what he thought of the Lion King festival. So we'll see you on the other side. Hello, and we've got a special guest with us on this episode. Um, joining me and Paul, we've got Pete. How are you, Pete? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Paul, am I right in thinking this is the first guest we've had on? Yeah. Yep, it is. We've had no one for the last, what, 14 months now? Uh, yeah. first guest. Yeah, something like that. So what what an honour and privilege, Pete. Oh, well, someone had to be first as far as the that's, that's right. That's it. Break the puck. Uh, there's no prizes, unfortunately. We, we don't, wow. you know, we are the um, the child of Diz After Dark. So, you know, we don't get the, uh, we don't get in the money for that. But uh, thank you for, for coming on. And you reached out to us. Well, actually, the first time you reached out to us was because you just came back from a trip to Disneyland Paris. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we've just been to um, uh, over the summer period when the while I've been doing the festival of the Lion King. So we've just been out there and we sort of you know they've seen the new shows and we tried some of the food and bits and pieces and managed to get our hands on some of the the limited edition merch. Well, not limited edition merch, but the special event merch stuff. Yeah. That doing. Well, but um, the thing is, since since you reached out to us and we tried to arrange this uh, interview with you, I found out today you're going back already. Yeah, so actually my wife and I are um, annual pass holders. We have been for, I think we're we're going out to renew this year, and I think this week, sorry, and I think that's about our third or fourth renewal that we've done. Mm-hmm. So um, we try and get out every other month or so if we can do. Excellent. Okay, well, let's find out a little bit more about you and about this trip. But before we do that, I, you know, as a tradition with our shows, we do ask what everybody's drinking. So as our guest, Pete, what are you drinking? Um, it is just a bog standard Vimto today. What you know, do you know? What I love about this, right, is you could have turned around and said it was like a porn star martini. No one would have known. <laughs> no one would have known. And yet, I can't lie when I do this. So when I say I'm drinking something, it is what I'm actually drinking. <laughs> Boring or not, it always is. So, but Vimto is a good choice. You can't really can't really go wrong with that. Um, Pete, up about yourself. Uh, I've fallen on my old faithful uh, Pepsi Max or Raspberry. So you've taken over the mantle where I've given it up. I have. Very good. Um, I'm I'm the one that's keeping us all afloat. I've got a brew dog in me, keeping it as far away from my Mac as possible. <laughs> Actually, that's true. That was the last episode we recorded. Oh God, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Bad times. Bad times. Um, so, Pete, first of all, first question I want to ask you is a little bit egotistical, um, but is where you found the podcast? Where did I find the podcast? I think I found the podcast from probably about seven years ago when we were planning our first uh, trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. Our first Disney trip as a couple. We weren't, I think we were, we were only just going out with them. We weren't even engaged or anything. We were engaged on that first trip. When we were doing all the planning, we sort of got into the world of Disney podcasts and went discovered Diz After Dark from there. And then, obviously, as you've released 
150 different flavors of after dark <laughs> i've sort of had my library filled up with them <laughs> yeah we should you know what that's what we should do but we should name ourselves the heinz of podcasting oh <laughs> uh, we need a t-shirt that, that's different cans with all the different podcasts on <laughs> yeah we, we we went wrong when we went with beer you know like beer label designs we should have gone yeah. for tins of soup or something yeah, Andy Warhol style. Exactly. I love Andy Warhol. Why did I not put two and two together? What a fool <laughs> I am. Um, well, I, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, it, it's always interesting to find out where people have discovered us from because some people didn't know Disaster Dark existed but found us like via Universal After Dark. Um, less people say that about Discover DLP, to be fair. It does seem to be people that have kind of followed through with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it just always fascinates me um, how that happens. And I suppose a lot of people have that same kind of story. You know, I listen to podcasts and uh, one day, I think my wife, after we'd come back from Florida, had said, oh, I've just found some Disney podcasts and didn't even know they existed. And um, no. what you do discover is that you are one of about 10,000. <laughs> it's not well, really. I, would say I think you're the only guys I've stuck with. Oh, thank um, you very much. Thank you. I was, you know, I sort of fell off of the other um, British Disney ones, should we call them? Yeah. There's a couple there that I've sort of fallen away with and sort of stuck with you guys. So, well, you it ha- I mean, it happens. We've had, we've had the opposite way around as well. Sometimes it's, you know, for, for all kinds of reasons. Most of the time for me, it's time that I, I drop out of podcasts, but I, I would often dip my toes back in. So, uh, the fact that we've managed to kind of keep you for most of the journey is, is uh, really appreciated. So thank you very much for that. Um, so you said that uh, it was about seven years ago and it was when you was first going there. So was that your first ever trip to uh, a Disney park? or so I had been, as a kid with my parents, I'd been to Disney. And then <clears throat> um, probably a gap of a, about 20 years went past ish um and i met my my now wife and she's obsessed so i'm currently sitting in our living room um surrounded by uh we've got maleficent wallpaper i've got we've got madame up and over from fantasia staring at me dumbo donald duck everything everything in our house is disney at the moment um and she's obsessed so she was desperate to go Mm. we sort of saved up for you know we were only sort of in our early 20s so we sort of saved up for about 18 months I think to do our first trip and um we were sort of determined that you know if we were going to go we were going to do absolutely as much as we could make as much of the time as we could and so we got sort of obsessively into planning the trip mm-hmm. um and like I said it was just probably listen to every podcast go and I was on just about every forum and we were sort of became kind of experts in the field um and then after that first trip we haven't stopped yeah we couldn't not go back then. So yeah. it's become as regular a thing as we can possibly make it. And actually this year, or sort of in the next 12 to 14 months or so, we're hoping to do uh, the China parks as well as both of the coasts of America. Wow. Okay. It's a nice option to have. The project that we're building towards, yeah. I don't think it's happening now, but my my co-host... Uh, my casual co-host on uh, Pop After Dark, Ben, he was planning a trip at New Year's 
which would see him go and see in New Year at Epcot and then jump on a plane, make it over to California to see New Year's Disneyland. I don't think it's happening now. Uh, I think the plan's fallen through, but I mean, I thought that was pretty damn ambitious as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So you have you done the Asian parts before? No. Okay. So we've done both sides of uh, the US parks. Um, and for a while, we got diverted because of Hurricane uh, Irma. Mm-hmm. We, um, we checked in for our flight the night before. We dropped our bags off and then went out to dinner. I came back, checked my phone, and we had a text message to say our flights have been cancelled to go to Florida. Um, so we stayed up all night and rebooked everything, drove from one airport to the other and flew to LA instead. <laughs> um, and um, then we ended up just falling, absolutely falling in love with Anaheim. Um, we got annual passes because it works out, worked out much cheaper to get the annual passes. Mm. So we, we sort of went back another again that year. And then since then, it's kind of been, a, I think, um, the only thing I could do to really upset my wife would be to say that we're not going to go back to California. <laughs> well, I know, Paul, you're a big fan of California, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I I could quite... I, in fact, I nearly did move out there um, about eight years ago. We we yeah. considered it just because we love the, the lifestyle out there. Yeah. And the park is just so much more relaxed. It's, um, it's, it doesn't it's matter. such a difference. It doesn't matter how busy it is, it still feels like it's not a chore, whereas Walt Disney World at times can honestly feel like it's a chore just to get through a day. Yeah, it's a battle sometimes, isn't it? But yeah, we've um I think that's that's still kind of our ultimate ambition is to sort of retire to, to the West Coast. But that's that's unfortunately a long, long way away, yeah. <laughs> I think it is for a lot of us. Yeah. Well, it's much easier to do, to move there than it is to try and do the Orlando dream. So there's that yeah. as well. But we're here to talk about Disneyland Paris. So yeah, um, no, no, not not at all, not at all. So um, whereabouts? If you don't mind me asking, just geographically, whereabouts are you in the UK? I think I'm in your neck of the woods, actually, um, oh, uh, Essex. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My condolences. You're yeah. probably a better, better part not, of Essex than me, but still. I've, I've immigrated, though. I've come here from elsewhere. So um, my <laughs> wife is born and bred. <laughs> Mine, um, although she grew up in Essex, maintained she was born in London because she, she was born in a London hospital. But <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Give her that just about. Well, I ha- I was as well. I was born in Barking. That's a that's London borough. But anyway. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Bow Bells and all that. Yeah, um, exactly. So... Uh, What's your what's your preferred way of of getting to Disneyland Paris? So, when we because we we go every like I said we try and go every couple of months, we kind of are quite flexible with how we do it. Um, we prefer to drive if we can, and often that works out quite a lot cheaper than doing Eurostar. And we've never, although you can fly from the airport that's about ten minutes from my house. Um, we've never actually managed to get the flights to line up. So we normally drive and depending on prices, how organized we are, we'll either do Eurotunnel or um, the ferry. Oh, okay. The ferry does tend to work out quite a bit cheaper than the tunnel. It does take a bit longer though. Yeah, because uh, does it, am I right in thinking it drops you off slightly further away? 
slightly further away. It's probably about another, depending on traffic, it's about 10 or 15 minutes further up the road. It's just the actual time to do the crossing. It's about an hour and a half as opposed to 45 minutes. In the- oh, okay. So, yeah, so it, it does a, a fair bit on in that case. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, and you have to get there a bit earlier as well. Okay. Like sort of an extra 15 minutes earlier, and it's about 15 minutes further into Dover or into Kent. Um, okay. So it's just it, you know, you sort of have to get up that little bit earlier. It's a little bit more of a drive. You take a little bit more time, but sometimes it can be as much for the ferry to do a return as it is for to do one way on the tunnel. So okay, yeah. So the saving, uh, and that's all money you can spend at Disneyland Paris. So mm-hmm. you know you got you got to think of these things, haven't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I've only recently um, driven. Well, I, I, I don't drive, but. I've been in a car myself over there. I've always got the Eurostar. Um, I've never even flown over there because like you, I never seem to find uh, the, the, the times to work for me. I was supposed to go over this, as we recalled this weekend, because of the closing of a rock and roller coaster. Mm. I really wanted to go. My, my friend's driving and there was, there was room for me in the car at one point, um, but they were going longer than I could of taken so I, I looked into either getting a Eurostar over meeting them or uh getting a flight and sure. um the I could get a flight over there for like 35 pounds but to get the flight back it was over 200 and I was like oh, I just can't make it work not with no, our upcoming trip as well so uh I had to give uh I had to give that one a miss unfortunately but I, what I was surprised about was um how how easy it seems to be to drive the, honestly, the drive, is it's almost one road mm. the whole way there. You just sort of get on, sort of knock on the cruise control. We've got a, we've got the playlist of um, Disney songs. Mm-hmm. Get us in the mood. And then that's it. We're, we're down there. And then normally on the way back, it's a couple of podcasts or something just to break up the the journey. But, yeah, once you're on the, the road, it's sort of a straight line for three hours and then you're in Disney. And uh, what what kind of preference do you have? Do you like to stay on site? I know you mentioned your your pass holders. Are you Infinity pass holders or? Yes. So we do have the Infinity passes. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is, so you get you get what is they refer to as the the discount on the hotel rooms. But in our experience, it tends to be that that's a discount on like the full price, which no other yeah. website would ever charge you for. Yeah, that full price. So actually, you just kind of get a comparable price to everywhere else. And again, because we go regularly, we like to try and stay close. Um, but because we've got the car, it's not that important. Um, and it depends on. So sometimes it's kind of a you know, if we're doing a weekend where it's trying to get away from work and de-stress a little bit, we'll maybe want to go somewhere with a swimming pool. So we've got a bit of time to relax. If it's just the case, if we just want to go and get a Disney fix, then we might do something basic like a B and you know the B and B hotels that they've got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a couple that are sort of five minutes away from the parks. It costs sometimes as little as forty five pounds for a night. I think the cheapest trip that we've done we did last um, summer, and it, the the whole thing cost us one hundred twenty pounds for the hotel and the ferry. It's just incredible, isn't it? And yeah, and the hotel, you know, the room was basic. It was a small little room, but it had a bed and it had a shower. And that was all we really used it for. So we were in the park for the full day. Yeah. Um, 
the last time we went, we stayed at the Explorers Hotel, which was the first time that we'd been there. Um, that's got the shuttle bus backward and forward to the park, which is really convenient. And if you do drive, it's also only a five minute drive to get there. We don't have kids, which sort of made us stick out a little bit in that particular hotel. <laughs> well, but if we did have kids, it'd be amazing. Well, to be fair, I mean, Paul, that's your favourite hotel, isn't it? Of the partners, that's that's my go-to. It's the one that's normally not really, really cheap, but one of the cheaper ones. Yeah, and as you say, it's easy to get to. Nekotori, we we walked most of the time between between the parks and that that hotel. We had no option because we were obviously there for for run weekend last last year. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We tried to get the the bus back. Off. I mean, first of all, after the the five k, we queued for about an hour to get McDonald's because that was the only place we could get in. Yeah, and then yeah. once we got our food and we actually went to um, try and look for a bus, I mean, it was just carnage, wasn't it? So yeah, walked it, and it was cold, but because because we were walking, you you soon kind of warmed up. And I think, what do we say? It took about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you sort of walk along that road or drive along that road, it's, it's really not that much further than the Cheyenne is away from the parks. Well, we, the, the shortcut really is to walk through the, uh, the petrol station at mm. Santa Fe, the one with the, the little supermarket. Yeah, and um, that that probably cuts off about five minutes, Paul. Yeah, that. but probably puts five on because you have to walk past Starbucks. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> how busy it is. To be fair, that's the only thing with that. Uh, but yeah, but like, you obviously went out there. Um, I'd say early into the season of the Lion King and Jungle Festival, and we've we've talked about it obviously on here. Um, but we've not been yet. Obviously, Paul's going in a couple of weeks for... Is, is it the last weekend, Paul? It is. It finishes on the, on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to see it right as, it, as it's kind of finishing up. Uh, yeah. But you've been there already, Pete. So, uh, Paul, I'm going to hand this over to you um, because I know that, you know, you were really interested or are really interested in this uh, season. So, um, you know, any questions you've got for Pete? Yeah, really, just kind of because we've not seen the new theatre or anything. We've kind of only seen glimpses of it in, in videos that people have posted. But how has the new new theatre settled in with the with the Lion King show? The theatre itself, I don't know if you... Uh, do you remember a couple of years ago they did that? There was like a strange Creatures of the Forest yeah. show that they did in there. And it yeah. was sort of, you went in there, it was kind of like sort of, you were barely inside and they had these big posts everywhere and you could hardly see the stage. But depending where you sat, you know, you might have a big post right in front of you. So they've gotten rid of all of those posts. They're all gone. It's all properly. It was probably about 33 degrees outside that day, but it's all air conditioned. was perfectly comfortable temperature. Every single seat has got an absolutely fantastic view. And the actual setup for the stage that they've done is incredible. It's, I would I would say that that particular show is the best show that I've seen in a in a theme park. Well, you obviously never, never saw the Tarzan show they used to have back in the day. 
I did not see the title. <laughs> it was it was quite good, but I don't think it's the same quality of what we're talking about now, because the photos. Um, I, I, in fact, I've not actually seen any video of it, Paul. Have you seen any videos from it, or have you tried to avoid it? I I pretty much avoided it. I watched the one that Disneyland Paris released from their rehearsals, mm-hmm. so it was just kind of one song, and and that was it. But that's really all I've seen. I've not even seen any any real photos of it as well. That's that's kind of why I was intrigued because the last time that I went was obviously the last run weekend. I haven't been. Oh no, I went in March. Um, tell a lie, but it, the the theatre didn't even look like it was half built at that point. So I was I was really kind of intrigued as to to how it had progressed and and fitted in. So it's it's great that the the show sounds wonderful and that the theatres. Yeah. been properly built this time yeah it's it's streets ahead of where it was before and they've they've done well with the theme and so it fits in obviously it sort of sits at the back of um frontierland yeah. um so they've, they've still got that kind of big um boat builder barn sort of aesthetic thing going on it fits in really well they've the only criticism i would have for it is and i think it was possibly just because it was the first week that it was running um but the queue initially i think we joined the queue um for I think it's about the half past three show and we ended up going into the quarter to five show and the, the queue went all the way back to the you know they've got the playground out the back of Big Thunder Mountain yeah the queue went all the way back there but actually there's quite a lot of space that they could have perhaps done something else with it but other I mean that wasn't a big problem they managed it quite well and they had people going along saying you know this is you're not going to get into this show, you'll get into the next one. So they handled it quite well, it's just they didn't use the space as well as they might have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show itself, I would say, I, mean, we're, I think we'll probably try and see it um, at least twice if we can on our next trip. Um, because there's there's points where you're looking at the stage and you're so focused on one thing, you're missing something incredible on the other side of the stage. And then there's something else happening behind that. And there's something else happening at the front. It's just an absolute, like there's so much going on. It's really fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. Paris has got this reputation of, of being able to put on a, a decent show. We've obviously seen it with Mickey and the magician. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about this the other day is, the, the one disappointing thing is that those theatres sit empty for for so much of the year. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame, but I, I do wonder. I think this theatre, I think it might be able to be open in winter because, it, like I said, it did seem to deal with the temperature well. It was, you know, that was over the summer. France has had those ridiculous temperatures all summer, hasn't it? Mm, and it yeah. was one it, with all those people packed in there. It wasn't hot at all. It was comfortable. So I do wonder if actually maybe they might be able to keep it running or keep something running there in the winter. I do wonder whether they might end up putting a Christmas show in there. Yeah. I mean, the Christmas show they did a couple of years ago where they had the Mickey's Big Band. Yeah. Um, they did in the theatre where they do uh, Mickey and the Magician. You know, then you don't need to stop Mickey and the Magician from running because it'd be nice to go and see both of those shows. Well, yeah, because actually I made a faux pas, um, which I'm not going to apologise for on Diz After Dark. I'll apologise on here. <laughs> Um, where I said that the Cinemagic Theatre was where Mickey's Big Band was. And the reason I said that was because I didn't go and see Mickey's Big Band last year. I, I was there when it was on, 
and the group that I was with were going, to, or some of them were going to see it, but I decided to go and do some rides instead. Um, so I just assumed that I knew where it was. Um, and in fact, if anything, that makes it worse because that means that um, I, I said the Cinemagique Theatre was only used for about six months of the year, or five months of the year. Actually, it's only about three, three now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I need to do something with that. It's 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 not on. And, and I mean, back in the day, going back to that Tarzan show that they they ran for years and years, that was an all round, all year round show. They had it on all the time. Um, and I remember going in there and it, and it being quite cold. Um, I think, I'm trying to think what time of year we went. It must have been October, November time. I think it was just before the Christmas uh, decorations had come out. Um, and and so we everyone had like their coats on and everything like that. But the show still went ahead. Um, I, I'm not really, I, I don't know why they have these restrictions in. I mean, they've just announced Mickey and the Magician for next year. And I think it starts either the 1st of February or the first week of February and is again running until September. Yeah. So it's slightly... It's even, yeah, but Mickey and the Magician shortened because obviously last year it was on when we were there. Whereas this year they've shortened it. It's not on by the time I get there. Was it on? Was it on, on the race weekend yeah. last year? Yeah, we should have done that instead of doing pretty much nothing. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think I did it Monday morning. Ah, uh, yes, you did. Yeah, of course you did. I remember you talking about it yeah. now. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 run short this year. I mean, it's obviously running a bit longer next year, which is which is good. But uh, yeah, I don't understand this. these things and I think the only concern with this Lion King show is the way they've talked about it is that this is for the the Lion King and Jungle season yeah Yeah. and it's a real shame because I mean I I know you've you've, um you weren't that hot on the the Marvel show either but it seems like they put an awful lot into these shows that are really successful people have they have the big cues for them and then they just disappear. And like I say, you sit with those theatres not being used. It just seems a real shame. It's crazy, really, when you consider, and obviously you've been to, you know, a lot of the parks. Um, you know, you wouldn't imagine a building being empty in Disney World for half the year. No. You know, it just wouldn't happen. The, you know, the only time a building's empty in another Disney park is because they're turning it into something else or it's down for refurbishment. Um, not because they have, have closed a show early and it'll be back next year. It just just seems mad to me. And especially now, you know, five, ten years ago, Disneyland Paris did have quiet times. And it still has parts of the year where it obviously is quieter than others. I mean, for obvious reasons, the half terms and the summer holidays are obviously extremely busy. We've seen that the last couple of weeks how busy it's got but it's it doesn't have a really quiet period now they they definitely could put shows on still if they wanted to yeah i mean we because of we mostly just go for sort of long weekends now it's been a while since we've had a proper midweek trip i remember the first time we went to disneyland paris we did the they used to do that deal where if you paid for two nights in the hotel you got four nights of 
stay and tickets and everything else. Mm. And we went in January and you, I think we went on every ride six times. There was no one there. But now, whenever you go, if you go at the weekend from Friday afternoon, all day Saturday and all day Sunday, the park is busy. You know, they do have decent sized queues for everything. And actually those attraction, those shows being open could really help keep those queues flowing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, Paul, did you, did you want to um, ask any questions about the merchandise or? Uh, yeah, sorry. I was actually going to mention the, the snacks, the, the food stuff that they've, they've been releasing. Obviously that's become a big thing of these seasons is the, the theme food, but the, the Lion King stuff seemed to, to explode. There seemed to be a heck of a lot more than we've seen previously with like the, the biscuits and, and all sorts of things. And, and even moving into to Victoria's home style restaurant as well with the, the milkshakes. Was there, yeah. there anything that you'd, you'd recommend? Did you try any of the, the stuff that they released for this, this season? So we, we didn't, um, the, the croque monsieur that they do is just a standard sort of croque monsieur. Um, and they had the, the, they had the sort of Nutella things. They had, what I would say is they had all of those fruit, those snack items were in multiple places as well. You could get them in at multiple points. So I think that's another thing they've done in the past, like with the Marvel, um, uh, season that they did. It just seemed to be, yeah, those, those couple of stands around the, the court in the, the studios. And that was the only places you could get those snacks, but it was all over the park. What we did do is we went to um, the Plaza Inn for dinner for the buffet. Yeah. Um, and they actually had a whole side of the restaurant dedicated to sort of Festival of the Lion King things. So it was all African, sort of North African, sub-Saharan, like different sections themed food so sort of um chicken wings and they had uh like a squash dish and they had different desserts and things um which was really really good and i would say actually as a restaurant we hadn't been there before that um and disneyland paris is not always the best for uh dining options but that is a really good choice they've got lots of variety in there um and they did this mango cake for the festival of the lion king it's got this, like sort of um leopard print made of mickey heads hmm. um mango cake and it's absolutely to die for i'm not a, i'm not normally one to have like a big sweet tooth but i think i went got back and got about six kilos worth of cake in the end <laughs> well that's a positive uh endorsement if ever i've heard one <laughs> I do quite, I've not been to Plaza Gardens for a while, but it used to be my go-to buffet. And then I'd gone yeah. there a couple of times and it had been a bit ropey. And so I'd, I'd given it a, a wide berth for a while, but um, that's, that's good to know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going out again till Halloween, so it will probably go back to standard by that point. But uh, I, I didn't realize that they were doing, um, you know, food for the season. I think yeah. it's good that they're doing that. Yeah. It's a nice, a nice touch. It's something that I think Paris has been really far behind the US parks with their, their sort of themed food, which is a bit of a shame because it's Paris. You'd expect that they'd be bang on it. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that all the buffets are doing something, even the, the ones in the, the hotels. Where are they? Um, I've got little sections. So I've, I've got um, the buffet books at Sequoia Lodge oh, next nice. month. So I'm, I'm hoping that there might be, might be something there. Mm. 
Yeah, especially yeah, well, if, say, if you see that mango cake, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'll even, let you know if I get any. <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even a big fan of mango, but the way you described it, I almost want to go there now. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, I would say that's, that's the most Instagrammable um, cake going as well. With the, like, the, the sort of print on top is all edible as well, so you can chomp your way through those Mickey heads. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, but we really need to get on our Instagram game. I've been told yeah. a lot recently about the, the lack of we need to get with the cool kids and get to Instagram. Yeah. That's why I've got 1,300 followers on mine. Because of the food. Because I, I use it every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we really should uh, should improve on that. Yeah, so we did manage to get, um, we did go and get the, they did the special edition popcorn buckets and the special edition um, sort of sippers as well. And another thing that they, they sort of seem to have managed better this time is they, they actually had them in abundance everywhere. Quite often with Disneyland Paris, they'll bring out these sort of limited edition things and then run out after two days. But they seem to have lots of them everywhere and there was always more of them being brought out every time something somewhere sort of ran out of them. But am I, am I right in thinking they've actually confirmed this is coming back next year already? Yeah, I think so. I'm sure I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, you know, I, I had that fear with Marvel this year um, because Marvel, where they changed it, we were we were there last year when Marvel was, um, I think, the last weekend of Marvel as well, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Infinity Gauntlet Sipper Cup, had long gone. Mm. I think. Did you, you? You got a? Did you get the iron? I got Groot. You got. I got Groot. Yeah. Yeah. So they still had a few bits, but some of the more popular items had had already gone. So I was lucky that because I'd gone to the first weekend of Marvel this year, I knew I was going to get an Infinity Gauntlet, and I did. Um, but it's it's nice to know that they've had plenty of stock to make sure and I suppose the thing is if you you know if it's going to come back next year they're not going to change the popcorn buckets each year you know they'll they'll bring the same same stuff back so I suppose if they did have a bit of a surplus um, at the end of this season they'll just be brought back out for next season so might be a problem yeah. what I would say is the popcorn bucket is probably the most practical popcorn bucket they've sold at a Disney park for a long time it's currently being used for us to hold all of our pasta, but it's an actual proper bucket shape, as opposed to you know like, like got the oogie boogie one, which is basically useless for keeping anything in. Uh, to be fair, the Infinity Gauntlet is absolutely useless. Like, I've not it's it's hopeless, it. isn't it? <laughs> I've you know I've got it as a nice prop, and that's yeah. that's about as far as it as it goes. Um, Paul, I know you're a big fan of a popcorn bucket. Um, what, what ones do you actually? Yeah. I, I actually haven't got any popcorn buckets. I've just gone for, for drinks containers so far, but I, I think that popcorn bucket is going to come home with me. Yeah, I know you said you was eyeing it up. when As soon as that season was announced and we first saw that stuff, you did take a real shine yeah. to it. Yeah, and as you said, Pete, it's, it's completely practical. It, it mm-hmm. looks like you could actually use it. You could put a packet of crisps in it and just sit it next to you and can eat away. Whereas the... The two two cups that I bought from Disneyland Paris, the group one is just ridiculous because you can't clean it. Yeah. If you use it, it's 
you can't can't get it clean. And then I bought a Chewbacca one at the Star Wars season earlier in the year, and and again that's just ridiculous because you have to lift his head, and it's so difficult to actually drink from it because the because the head's in the way. It's just like they've just they're literally sat on the windowsill in the kitchen because I can't yeah. do anything with them. Yeah, that's exactly. We've got the the Iron Man and the Boba Fett doing exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, I've never used my Boba Fett. It it just sits there looking pretty. Maybe maybe we should use them to grow cress. I think that's probably the most useful thing they could do. <laughs> so, Pete, just before um, we wrap up with you, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, one of the things that these seasons have is you know new shows. Um, sometimes a parade as well and and again i've seen some bits and pieces from some of the stuff they've been doing during this season um but i just wanted to you know kind of get from you you know what you'd actually seen and your thoughts on it really yeah so they've done the new um sort of castle show with this one uh the jungle book jive i think they call it um and it's um if you've been, if you've seen a show in the, that they do in the hub in Disneyland, they've sort of got these four stages in the in the centre of the the hub, um, and it's another one where actually you can show up sort of at any time and you'll get a really good view of something going on in the hub. You can, if you're there early, you get yourself right in the middle, you'll have something going on all around you. But even if you're later and you're further back, you'll always be able to see one of the stages really well. Then they've got these. It's a bit, bit of a spoiler, but there's amazing sort of daytime fireworks that they do off the back of the um, castle that just, they make it really feel like you're in a like exotic sort of street party. Um, and actually, while we were there, they had um, a live singer singing the um, uh, song that Carr sings in Jungle Book. Oh, okay. Um, so she was up on the stage with, um, oh, what's the lady chipmunk called? Oh, Clarice. Clarice. Yeah, well done. That's why you're. That's why you're here. You're my oracle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, I was thinking. I know it begins with C. See, but, I always used to get confused between Clarice and Clarabelle. No, that's uh, Clarabelle was what I wanted to say, and I was like, no, that's, yeah. that's not the right one. Yeah, I always said Clarabelle for the same reasons because it began with C, yeah. and <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure she's a cow, but um. Or whatever she's supposed to be. We won't get into that debate now. <laughs> <laughs> that can go on a while. Um, but yeah, because I saw, when I saw the, uh, some of the footage from it, it looked like, um, like almost like coloured paint. Yeah. Like yeah coloured so paint bomb things. The, uh, they, I think they have like a festival, I don't know if it's in India or somewhere like that, where they have those things where they sort of throw that coloured chalk yes. around in the streets. It's yeah. like that stuff, and it's really vivid, and it really pops off of the, the colours of the castle. And where, where we were having that gorgeous weather as well, it just it really felt like you're sort of in the middle of like this sort of South Asian street party. It was really good. And the show itself is actually sort of somewhere between... So they've, they've got new floats for everyone, but somewhere between oh. a parade and the show, everyone kind of comes out on their floats, and then... The, the show starts happening a little bit similar to what they did with um the sort of pirates and princesses thing yeah um but with the sort of core characters and um clarice yeah because 
Paul, did you see any of Princess and Pirates when you were there? I saw bits of it, but they also did that for Halloween last year as well. When they added the they added the Phantom Manor characters to the parade, and they all came up on the stage as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw I went to the Princess and Pirates uh, soiree, but because I hadn't actually been to the season at all, that the whole story of it just went completely over my head. I didn't really understand why everyone was getting so um, whipped up into a frenzy about the whole the whole thing. I thought it was pretty good, but yeah, yeah. That- I th- that's one of those ones that I think just filed under. That's not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, people were absolutely obsessed. I know a lot of people have been uh, crestfallen that uh, Princess and Pirates is not coming back next year because of uh, Frozen. But mm. uh, yeah, I just, I just didn't get it, and I didn't get the um, when, when, when was the cupcake, cupcake girls? What, what was that for? That was Mickey's birthday. Yeah, because mm. I saw them and I didn't get people going nuts for them. I know they were giving out yeah. magic to certain people, but I just didn't get it at all. Really didn't get it. No. But, no this is much more of a... It's the sort of core classic Disney characters. You know the songs, you know the who the people are, what they're doing, and it's just enjoyable. Yeah. Um, as uh, as seasons that you've seen so far, how do you think this compares to uh, some of the other seasons that they've done recently? I think this might be the one that they've committed to the most. So the fact that they've got the the new show, that they did all the food, that they made it available everywhere, that they had all the merchandise, that they had the new show in the hub. I think like sometimes they can feel a little bit half-hearted with their seasons i don't know the first time they did the um sort of seasons of the force it was a bit there's kind of that one brief show in the courtyard of the studios and then it, was, it all kind of just felt like it was over and there wasn't any, anything else star warsy particularly happening um so i feel like this is the one that they've really leaned into the most it feels more like an event at one of the u.s parks than a classic disneyland paris sort of effort mm. Those those first two seasons they've introduced kind of felt like they were testing the water as to yeah. what to put in the park. Yeah, yeah, but this, which this has obviously now come true with Star Wars and Marvel both going in that yeah, park. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's good. I mean, I'm I'm glad to see that. I mean, it's it's had a lot of positive reviews. Um, so what I've seen does look very good from it. Um, but like you say. You know, I think, you know, there's a few things, you know, first of all, they've obviously got the new show in Frontierland. That's a, that's a massive deal because we haven't had a show there for a while and it's a brand new theatre. So that's in itself a big deal. But you can also see with the amount of food, um, the fact that there's also, because we we didn't touch it, I'm I'm assuming you didn't do the, uh, the signature dining. No, no, that was... Although what the, it did seem to be very popular, actually. Yeah, yeah. Now I've, I've known a lot of people that have done it. Um, I think that was that was quite a good uh, addition to do something like that. Uh, but the fact that there's been so much food, you know, as Paul said, you know, you had the milkshakes um, in uh, Victoria's. You mentioned about the, the buffets having special sections as well. The the fact there was merchandise. The fact that you could also buy the food 
all over the place as well. I think that makes it more special because, yeah, with Marvel, I did find it a little bit weird that you had those two carts in in the studios and then, um, you know, the Spider-Man burger yeah. again in the um, the restaurant just in, in Studio One. Um, and, and that was about it. It did feel a bit flat. Although I suppose that's possibly due to the setup in the studios anyway, not being as good yeah. for food. It is, I mean, it's a struggle. In there. I actually just finished listening to you um, when you were talking about the sort of food festival thing that they do, and that's made a big difference to the studios because before that, without, it's just a nightmare. To, there's nowhere really to go unless you want a burger from that place at the front. You've got that or you've got Remy if you want a sit-down yeah. meal, and there's yeah. kind of no... You know, the other places are pretty seasonal. Um, yeah. And I don't think I, I hardly see anyone going that buffet now. I used to really like that buffet when I used to have the uh, remote control Remy that used to come round to your table, but um, that place never looks uh, busy. No. So, yeah, that's that's something that they need to improve upon. But it sounds like it's been a really good season. Um, you know, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts, Paul, when you go in a few weeks for yeah, and see uh, you know if you feel the same way. But it's obviously been a big hit to bring it back next year. I wonder if next year, because of how successful it's been, they might try and include anything to do with the film. Mm. It's very um, 90s film. Yes. Um, rather than the, the this year's sort of re-release thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've taken away from it as well, is it, it does seem to be very heavily... Um, based on the on the original cartoon as opposed to the new cartoon yeah. <laughs> for live action. Um, but, uh, yeah, just because of how big that film has become, you know, I wonder if they might try and incorporate some of that into the season next year. Probably just add a 30-second clip into the fireworks show. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's all <laughs> I nothing, nothing more strenuous than that. Um, but, no, that's great. Pete, thank you so much for coming on and for you know giving us your your kind of review of that and uh yeah i'm sure we'll have you back as uh, as the years go on yeah great it's been a pleasure thanks for having me cheers pete all right cheers mate take care right so that was our interview pete thank you very much pete for speaking to us and um yeah we'd love to have you back on as and when other seasons uh, occur that you uh, you attend so yeah Thank you very much for coming on. And I think that pretty much wraps up this episode, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's much more we can talk about. Um, nothing because we'll I think be we back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. I'm obviously heading out in a couple of weeks uh, for the race weekend. So I'll have a little bit of a trip review for the next next episode. We could probably record it on the plane. Yeah, actually, that's... <laughs> That's true. We probably could. Or in the hotel room. Yeah, I don't think anyone on plane wants to hear us record a podcast, but... No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They got a preview. Exactly. You don't don't even have to subscribe. You can just hear it live. Yeah. But thank you very much for downloading this episode. And uh, as Paul said, we've got uh, another few episodes coming up one about the race weekend and another special episode, which you'll hear all about when it's released. So until next time, goodbye.
Au revoir. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.